Om namo bhagavate vatsudevaya Om namo bhagavate vatsudevaya Om namo bhagavate vatsudevaya Narayanam namaskrita Naram Cheva Narutama Devin Sarasati Vyasa Tato Jaya Mudirae Nasta Prayesabhadresu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttama Sloka Bhakti Baba Itinaisiki. So Srimad Bhagavatam, Kanto 11, Chapter 23, Text 42. Title of the chapter is The Song of the Awanti Brahmana. Nayam Janame Sukadukha Hetu. Nadeva Tatma Grahakama Kalaha Manhaparam Karanam Amananti Samsara Chakram Pariwata Yed Yad So what for what translation? Then translation by Divine Grace is confirmed. Sorry. Shila Bachan Vin Bhaktivedan Swam Papa Maharaj Kija. Shila Prabhupada Kija. Dija Uhacha. The Brahman said. Na not. I am this. Janaha. People, me, mine, sukha, of happiness, dukkha, and distress. He to, the cause, na, no, devata, the demigods, atma, my own body, graha, the controlling planets, Karma, my past work. Kalaha, or time. Manaha, the mind. Param, Radha only. Karanam, the cause. Amananti, is called by standard authorities. Samsara of material life, chakram, the circle, parivartayet, causes to rotate, yat, which, 
Supopa uh, translation. The Brahmana said, these people are not the cause of my happiness and distress. Neither are the demigods. My own body, the planets, my past work, or time. Rather, it is the mind alone that causes happiness and distress and perpetuates the rotation of material life. Please kindly respond to repeat. The Brahman has said, These people are not the cause of my happiness and distress. Neither are the demigods. My own body, the planets, my past work, or time. Rather, it is the mind alone that causes happiness and distress and perpetuates the rotation of material life. So there is no purpose to that. I will just quickly go over to the next verse, which is text 44. Manogunam vai sujjate balyas tatascha kamani vilakshanani so klani krishnani atalo hitani tibya savanaha satoyo bhavanti translation the powerful mind The powerful mind actuates the functions of the material modes from which evolve the different kinds of material activities in the modes of goodness, ignorance, and passion. From the activities in each of these modes develop the corresponding statuses of life. Please kindly respond to repeat. The powerful mind actuates the functions of the material modes from which evolve the different kinds of material activities in the modes of goodness, ignorance, and passion. From the activities in each of these modes develop the corresponding statuses of life. Purport by His Divine Graces, Confound Acharya, Chela, Esi Bhaktivedanta, Swami Prabhupada, In the mode of goodness, one considers oneself to be a saintly or wise person. In the mode of passion, one struggles for material success. And in the mode of ignorance, one becomes cruel, lazy, and sinful. By the combination of the material modes, one identifies oneself as a demigod, as a king, as a rich capitalist, a wise scholar, etc. These conceptions are material designations generated from the modes of nature, and they arrange themselves according to the tendency of the powerful mind to enjoy temporary sense gratification. The word balias. In this verse, meaning very strong, indicates that the material mind becomes insensitive to intelligent advice. Even if we are informed that we are 
committing many sins and offenses in order to earn money. We may still think that money should be acquired at all costs. Since without it, one can neither perform religious ceremonies nor gratify the senses with beautiful women, mansions, and vehicles. Once the money is achieved, one suffers for the problems, but but the stubborn mind will never heed good advice. In this regard, one must therefore give up mental concoction and control the mind in Krishna consciousness as exemplified here by the Brahmana from Awanti. Om Gyana Timiranasya Gyana Janasalakaya Saksura Militam Jainatis Mai Semate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itanamani Namaste Sarasati Devi Gauravani Pajarini Nivisasa Sanya Vali Pasati Tistari Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Si Adweta Gadara Sivasari Si Gauravaktavin Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare The Brahmana said, the peace, these people are not this, the cause of my happiness and distress. Neither are the demigods, my own body, the planets, my past work, or time. Rather, it is the mind alone that causes happiness and distress and perpetuates rotation of material life. Text 44, the powerful mind actuates the functions of the material modes from which... Mm, Evolve the different kinds of material activities in the modes of goodness, passion, ignorance, and passion. From the activities in each of these modes, develop the corresponding statuses of life. So it's interesting here, here in Washington, you see that the President of the United States, Portus, this is his. Um, city of site or city of residence and this is also the city uh, the very the hub of global power and what is this global power all about it's just an interplay of the different permutations of the modes of ignorance, passion and goodness that is all about global power. Because even the person you vote into power who gives you all type of promises here and there, I'm going to do this for you, I'm going to do this for your community. When they get into power, they're overwhelmed by the most passionate ignorance. And even have all the good intentions. By association with people who are overwhelmed by the mode of passion and ignorance, one easily blends. It's like an alignment or a subscription or a resonance. So we find that the mind is like a chameleon. 
You know, you know a chameleon? Yeah. <laughs> chameleon easily blends to any environment you put it. The color easily blends. That is exactly the nature of the mind. <laughs> so we may have all the good intentions. What will predict the future of an individual basically is the type of association he keeps. Otherwise, your good intentions are not enough. Because the man does not even subscribe to intelligent advice. So the man is like a stubborn child. He said, Hey, a dolly, sit down there. That's time, that's time, that's time dolly gets up. Yes, ma'am. She gets up. <laughs> you, want, you, you tell her something, she does completely the opposite. <laughs> So, uh, not, only, not only is the mind obstinate, but it's also very rebellious. I mean, it's like it, you, tell, you tell a child not to do something because it's going to harm the child. And the child could be rebellious. He could just try and, and throw in tantrums. So, we find that this is the very entity, in quote, that is our closest associate. The mind lives always within, right, right within this body. He's the closest folk. He's, he's our closest folk. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not explaining this so that we don't just start, you know, keep throwing blames on people. <laughs> when you get when they get into trouble. Uh, it's not it's not it's not their fault. <laughs> that is the rationality being given here by the Avant Brahmana. <laughs> he's not, he said no no no. It's not it's not even my karma. It's not the planet. But we know that the, the, you know, the planets do have effect on our behavior. But that, those things that is mentioned here, it's not this, it's not that, they are not as powerful as the mind. Yeah, I mean, like we have, you say, factors affecting growth. Then we have, okay, say so we have factors affecting learning. But then we may also have major factors affecting learning. So that the dominant factors that you know create an obst obstacle to learning is what becomes you know predominant. And so that is that is the mind. The mind is the predominant factor that creates incoherences in a human society. Is the mind. People do have good intentions. Even politicians, they have good intentions. But because uh, they lack that self, the control of the self. Self here means the mind. They lack the control of the self. 
And I think I was mentioning here last time that this is, this is not something just about Vaishnav philosophy, but even in criminology, even in criminology, the very general theory of crime stipulates that all crimes and antisocial behavior are due to lack of proper self-control. So you don't see the, the they just they just confirming the SARS injunctions. You know when I sometimes when I see also a number of these theories in the social scientists, I just thought, wow. So all these people they're just taking all these things and then taking taking the credit for themselves. <laughs> So they develop a theory, develop this. But these are all there. They are all there in the Vedic literatures. And so it is important for us to understand how the modes of passion, the modes of uh, passion, goodness, and ignorance interplay to produce different statuses of life. And what does that mean? It simply means if you take it mathematically, it means that the three most of material nature, they are permutating. There's a concept called permutation. It's a very difficult concept in mathematics. So when these three modes of nature are permutating, they create different type of statuses in life. <laughs> someone, could be, someone could be a very good guy. Huh? <laughs> But then it could be dominated, it could be the predominant factor in his life or her life is uh, the mood of goodness. So it's a very good guy or a good lady. But you find that sometimes the person gets overwhelmed by evil thoughts, by antisocial thoughts, and even in, in, engages in antisocial behavior. That is due to the permutations of the modes of material nature. No one is just, you know, just dominated by a single mode. I mean, you, you find this even in the, in the uh, major relationships, mellows with Krishna. Now, even in those mellows, sometimes, you know, someone is acting as uh, a servant or acting as a friend. But then, he could navigate to other, you know, uh, minor uh, mellows and act in a particular position or uh, uh, display a particular mellow. So, in a similar way, the modes of nature, they're so powerful. And they are the very elements behind are different behavioral patterns. The permutations, you know, if, <laughs> if, it, if a typical mathematician is looking at the modes of material nature, they'll be amazed. <laughs> uh, yeah. And therefore, we have a, a lot. The Vedic literature is replete with a vast uh, spiritual and social concepts and constructs. I think the, the major thing is that because the number of our devotees, they, they're not, uh, 
They don't, they have not read widely in the social sciences, so these things look like, oh, the scripture says. But, you know, most of, most of the things we hear, I mean, they, they, they are, they are, theories have been developed based on those things. I mean, like you go to the dam. Why you go to the dam? Because of the environment. Now, in 1939, 38 and 39, uh, Lewin developed the field theory. And he demonstrated that, and he became a theory, established theory that, you see, if you're in a cold room, if you, you, have, you, want, you go into a cold room, you might come from the scorching heat of the sun. You go into a cold room, you are hot at that time, your body is very warm at that time, but you stay there, you stay there for 30 minutes. <laughs> So it's based on this type of environmental changes, environmental factors. And these factors, they impact on our behavior. You believe it or not? They impact on our behavior. Why did the Acharyas have to say, we should not associate with non-devotees? Yeah. <laughs> I could say, well, to hell with the China's instruction, I will associate with anybody, any damn body or anybody. <laughs> okay, you are free to do that, but you cannot dissociate yourself from the effect of that association. You are free to associate anyhow you like, but the effect of, of that association, you cannot you know, dissociate yourself from it. I mean, it's like you're free to go and commit any crime. But then when you get apprehended, you can't tell the judge, I'm guilty with reason. What is reason? I didn't know about it. Okay, we'll put you in jail. Then, you know, you know about it. <laughs> so, this boss of nature and a mind they are the predominant factors of our behavioral patterns. And therefore, one of the things that we should be considering or thinking about is that people, a number of people, they're not just vicious. They, got, they are affected by environmental forces. A number of people are not just evil, they are affected by the different permutations of material nature. And you see, the so-called big guys out there, they don't even know this, this, this metaphysical or the psychology of being, the psychology of the most of nature, they don't understand. And therefore, Krishna is so kind. Sylvia Sadev has put all of these things down. Prabhupada has given us elaborate purpose that we could use all of this spiritual knowledge for creating or transforming our own lives and helping to recreate the future of human society. And so, <clears throat> this text basically, these two texts, they're all about, and you know, the very word used here, uh, 
It's like a synonym of activate. The powerful mind actuates the functions. I mean, the man, it's like you have a, you have a cell phone or you got uh, a credit card. You have to activate it. <laughs> no matter how nice you have, what's the current uh, iPhone? iPhone what? X. X. Okay, so suppose you have iPhone X. <laughs> you still need to activate it. <laughs> So, and for the credit cards, you have to call the bank. Or you go to, the, to their website, you know, and, you know, and activate it. If you don't activate it, it doesn't work. So the mind is the activator of the functions of material existence. <laughs> the mind is the activator. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we see how powerful what we are dealing with is so it's so powerful. And it's not just only humans who have the mind. Every embodied entity is composed of eight elements, uh, gross, five gross elements and three subtle elements. The subtle elements are the mind, intelligence, and the false ego. So, this type of metaphysics is good for us to be able to become equipped with the proper, appropriate knowledge to help ourselves and to be able to explain situations to others, people who might come to us and to level up, I mean, to bring, up, bring their problems to us, to listen to. So, we see how. A number of people on the planet, they lack this knowledge. And then they get into big, big troubles without understanding why, why they are acting in the way they are acting. And it's like, uh, you know, one of, one of my mentees, she's a lawyer, so she was telling me a story. Uh, one lady, <laughs> she said, approaching one guy. And the man is married with children. The one lady, she was she started pursuing one one of our colleagues in the office, a male, for a relationship. And the man is married. Huh? No, no. The man is married with kids, wife with kids. And this lady knew that this man is married. <laughs> So she pursued him and lured him into a relationship. There was pregnancy, and there was a big problem in the man's home. So I think eventually it resulted to like a litigation. And so this mentee, she was asking, she asked because she's the one dealing with, she's the one handling the case. She was asking her that, you know, this man is married. Why did you run, pursue him? <laughs> and she explained that it seems something was pushing him, you know. He knows the guy is not even handsome. 
She said, she said that. I know this guy is not even handsome. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, there's already, there's already a big trouble. So people don't understand. People don't understand. Sometimes people think, I have a feeling like this. I have a feeling for you. So I just have to execute that. Huh? I mean, this is like, you know, one of those uh, philo philosophies that we were hearing when we were kids from one of these celebrities. Uh, he was like, you know, mm, our hero in those days, uh, Jimmy Cliff, you know. <laughs> and I never knew that Jimmy Cliff was just a big demon until I came to Krishna consciousness. <laughs> Because he was no Hirangasipo, perhaps is better than him. But he's just a good guy, a good vocalist. This, this his voice, it turn it will turn your brain. But look at the lyrics. He debuted the lyrics, uh, uh, an album. Follow my mind. Follow my mind. <laughs> and in, in the lyrics. What he was literally saying, advocating was that, whatever your mind tells you, go for it. Just follow your mind. And you'll be all right. You'll be fine. You'll be happy. It's the opposite, is it? It's the opposite. Completely the opposite. Because we see that the mind dictates so many things that, honestly speaking, could, could ruin our lives could bring so much of complications in our lives. So here, someone says, whatever your mind tells you, you have to follow it. Your mind is your guru. Your mind is your guru. You have to follow it. This is, this is the type of exposure that we had as kids. I <laughs> thank Krishna. That was a real dangerous exposure. So, here we are hearing all of the insidious activities that could be triggered by the mind. And if we understand that deeply, then we should, we should be trying to harm ourselves with some preventive measures. And so, proper kindly, you see, the Vedic literature, they don't present only the problems. So this is a problem, okay? This is a problem, that the mind and the modes of nature, they create troubles for us. So it's a problem. So one could just profess, I mean, say, present a problem. What is the, pro, what is the solution you're professing? In other words, the Vedic literature, there's not just a pessimistic view of the world. In the same Vedic literature, there are solutions profiled to the challenges that we face in this world. Although, we may want to interpret even proper purpose to suit our purposes. But this is a just a, 
It does not require an interpretation. It just straight, straight away. It just straight talk, straightforward talk. You know, sometimes I write, I write some of my stuff, and my reviewers, you know, the professor, I, I remember, he said, <laughs> and she said, can you, can, you, can you say it in a straightforward way? <laughs> Because the point is that, so sometimes I look at situations like that and I, I laugh because you're supposed to use your brain to crack, you crack your brain to figure out what the person is saying. And if you're superior to him in terms of intellectuality, you should figure out what he's saying. <laughs> so my point is there is no conf there are, there are no confusions like that in the Veletor show. Why? Even the statements that we are presented by Vyasa Dev, Prabhupada has given some purport, some explanations. Of course, some few, of the, some few verses, there are no purports, but again, the majority of the verses, Prabhupada has given us, you know, an elucidation or explanation about what the purport or what is the verse implies. And then we have all of that to be able to, judge, uh, to digest and ponder and to utilize those tools in recreating our future. And so it's important that we understand how the mind works and how the modes of material nature. In fact, in the Gita, uh, Lord Krishna devote I devote a lot of time in giving, you know, uh, some ideas about about the mind. And in fact, in the Gita, Lord Krishna mentions that the mind could even be our worst enemy. How, if we are not able to regulate the mind? The mind could be our best friend. If you're able to regulate the mind, he'll become like, you know, a devotee who'll be begging for service. But other than that, it's so difficult to live in this world, man. It's so dangerous. The world is like uh, a forest where we have, uh, you know, uh, dangerous, dangerous animals, lions and tigers. The mind is like Lions and tigers is there to devour us by presenting different ideas that could really like swerve us from the part of the attainment of Christian consciousness. So Krishna kindly has given us all of the information in his teachings, in the Gita, about the mind, the most material nature, and in the 11th canto also, these things are presented, in, of course, in a more complex form. Because in the Gita, it's like a general literature for everyone. And then in the, in the Bhagavatam, especially in the 11th canto, uh, the, the same instructions that they are in a, in a more uh, advanced format. But then the basic principles 
The principles are the same. And therefore, the district most of material nature, uh, the principles that govern our lives. And the mind is the activator of this very most of material nature. And so before we jump into anything, we should ask ourselves, this is what Krishna wants. This is what Guru wants. Uh, or this is what my mind wants. And again, we should be practical. Okay? For instance, <clears throat> if, you, if, you, if you find someone, yeah, like some years, I don't want to mention the person, but you know, some of my friends, they're they are, they are couples. And the, the man, he came from all of his family, all of his brothers, they're medical doctors. Only him, all of his brothers, they're medical doctors. Only him went to study uh, IT. He got married. The lady is also professional in IT. And they had a child, a daughter. And then uh, they said, uh, so they came, I, I, was, I went to get an agri one time, so they also visited there. And I know the man's father very well. He used to invite me to his place in New York. I used to come to his place. They have a big house where all the whole family stays. So then he came to ask me, the both of them came to ask me, or come to, came to tell me about what the plans they have for their little girl. It's a newborn baby, like two months, three months. So, that <laughs> I'm talking about misinterpretation of, of the scriptures. <laughs> and so, they say that they're graduates. They're not medical doctors. The man is not a medical doctor. He came from a medical, medical doctor's family. He's a professional. He's a graduate. Now he has a child. Krishna gave him a child. And his plan is not to school the girl. To make the girl a cowherd girl in America. <laughs> a cowherd girl in the 21st century. <laughs> I was so Annoyed. <laughs> I was so annoyed with him <laughs> and his wife. That, but I just tolerated myself to speak to them in, in a very calm way. <laughs> I said, you, your father, your father is a PhD. He's <laughs> a very astute devotee. All of your brothers are medical doctors. They are very Parker devotees. They are the most serviceable devotees in their communities. And you, Krishna gave you a child, and you want to deprive the child from having a reputable spouse. Because if your child, if your girl doesn't, doesn't even go to school, who's going to marry her? I mean, it's like in India, you know, I, I, one of my friends, he's a medical doctor, he takes care of me. So I went there, and then a wife came to me one day, and then she said, you know, 
No, Prabhupada said, the schools are slaughterhouse. So, I'm thinking, now, you know, my, my, my daughter, we shouldn't send her to college. I said, yes, it's good for you. That's a good understanding of the scriptures. But I asked her, if you didn't go to college, would this medical doctor come to marry you? So sometimes we want to take the cheap things, you know. But no, no thing, nothing is easy in this world. We have to take the, we have to look at it, look at it from different perspectives, and take what we see, hook, line, and sinker. As soon as we want to embark on selective hearing, when this this what Papa said here is conducive for me. And then we don't really, we don't really mind brushing on people or creating uh, what to call we don't mind embarking on activities that are not going to be sustainable. Sustainable in this sense. Sustainability in this regard means we embark on activities that it's not going to affect on anyone's spiritual or material happiness, even for the next generations. So if you have a child and you don't, take, you don't plan your child's future properly, and then, you know, you're just going to embark on an act that is going to create a disarray in someone's life. And so this modes of nature... And the mind, they could tell us so many, they could misdirect us in, in, most, in most cases. So like the case of this couple who came to meet me, so I told them, look, you can still train your child. This is a little girl. You could still train her, just give her the, you know, the proper association that she needs. And she'll be able to go grow with that. You don't say because... Uh, you're a devotee, and then this girl is just going to be dumb to become a cowherd girl in America in the 21st century. I said, it's not, going to, it's not going to work out. It's not going to be practical. Yeah, so we travel, and we see a lot of things sometimes. But, I mean, this is incredible, is it not? <laughs> so the most of the mind, they, they, go, they are so wired. The mind... Our mind is so wired that constantly we need to consult with authorities about the instructions, what, we, what the mind is telling us. So, in the process of Krishna consciousness, we should understand that we dovetail activities in Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada like to use this word, dovetail. And so we should not subscribe to the evil advice of the mind. The mind is very obstinate, it's very stubborn. But we should also prove to be stubborn to the mind. And then, you know, when two stubborn people meet, one, one will cool down for the other. Is that? <laughs> but, you know, if someone is too mild, the mind completely overrules the person so easily, you know, so easily. Yeah, so I just some comments, some questions on this point. Yes, Christoph. 
You have some questions? Feel free to ask your questions. <laughs> Any questions? In the absence of any questions? Okay. So, Hare Krishna Maharaj, we all aware of that is the mind is the main culprit to connect like material world or like main like is connect to God, but still we all confused in that. With It's confused us. Even we are in Krishna consciousness practice also. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what Krishna mentions in the Gita that the mind is very is very tough to deal with. So why do we why we get confused? We've been we listen, we have been aligned with the mind for billions of lifetimes. And just of a sudden you want to dissociate from taking advice from the mind. <laughs> that's not so easy. <laughs> I mean, it's like you're married. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> you're married. And I was listening to some abusive cases. And, <clears throat> you know, some of the ladies, uh, they know this is not good, but again, they are also afraid they're going to be lonely if they, if they move out from this relationship. Yeah. So we also think like that. What is going to happen? I don't know. Let me just follow the instructions of the mind. Then we get abused by the mind. <laughs> no one wants to be abused, but we get abused by the mind all the time. So if you hear cases of abuse, there are so many psychological implications of abuse. Sometimes you become really conditioned. And you think that, oh, it's my fault. It's not your fault. And sometimes people don't even speak out. Because they think if they speak out, it's going to bring a bad reputation to the family or they will not be believed. Again, this is the, the, the creations of the mind, the concussions of the mind. There's so many cases of abuse that you can relate the mind to that. So we need association. I mentioned this. We need good association so that something bothers us. We can have someone whom we trust to speak with. I mean, like I, mentioned, I was mentioning about the case of this couple who came to me. They had a, a good plan for their little girl. But I said, no, I mean, that's not a good plan for this girl. You cannot, if someone, if your parents did this to you, you would, you would have hated them. You would have resentment for them for the whole of your life. How would you try to do this to your, your, to your child? So again, in mind, it's full of, is the mind is characterized as sankalpa uh, san and vikalpa. Accepting, wanting now, accept the banquet I'm now, use my life and so, the next time, the very next moment, I, the mind rejects it. No. No way. <laughs> so, this is a problem. I bet. Don't worry. It is a general problem. <laughs> In research, we have what is called a general problem and a specific problem. <laughs> when it's a general problem, you don't have to worry so much. It's not only you, but you do have to struggle to become extricated from that problem. And that is why Prabhupada has provided us with this 
basic tools in Krishna consciousness, which we chant every day, 16 rounds. 16 rounds is just a minimum. 16 rounds is just a minimum. You chant 16 rounds doesn't mean that you will not have problems. It's a minimum. This is the baseline. It's like a pass mark. Now it's up to the individual based on their problems, based on their challenges, to create either they, can, they have a stretch goal. Now, the normal goal for the traditional devotee, 16 rounds. Now, our faces are not the same. Our priority also, our priority also varies. Our priority sequence also varies. And therefore, we have to look at what are the challenges we have, whether we need to embark more in devotional service. We need, we need to give more time to Krishna. We need to do more, uh, more sadhana to be able to expedite our extrication from this very challenge. Because every challenge that we face, Krishna can unwind. But we are too busy. We don't have the time. We have so many rational, rationalizations to present why we don't have the time to give you know, two hours to Krishna. We're too busy. I'm busy on the altar. I'm busy doing some service. So I don't have the time to chant. Good for you. I should find time to chant. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, we have to understand that the issue is very simple. It might be very big, but the solution is very simple. Follow what Prabhupada has given to us. And gradually, it's not going to happen overnight. Gradually, we become cleansed from those in the breaches, those contaminations that are causing us those problems. It don't, sometimes we get frustrated because we think, I've been in the movement for 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. Why is this mind still bothering me? <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Because even Lord Brahma, Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, they got bothered by the mind. Oh, yeah. So if you look at it from a broader perspective, then we will not feel so much frustrated. When we have a problem, it's not that we go to take some intoxication or we go to sleep and forget about the problem. When you wake up from your sleep, the problem is still there. The best thing is to strategize on how to address that problem. And the major strategy that Prabhupada has given to us is the process of sadhana. Gradually, we will overcome the negative influence of the mind. Does it make some meaning to you? Does it help to address your question? <laughs> All right. Any, any other comments? Okay. So there, there are these uh, modes of material nature. But then there's also the objects of the senses. Mm -hmm. Those are also distracting. Mm -hmm. But then there's basic human needs that need to also get fulfilled. Um, and those are also taking up our space in our minds. Uh, so like, how, how do I differentiate between desires that are springing up in my mind um, that are not objects of my senses, but that are concerns of my heart or of my just of me being a human, just being in this body I mm -hmm. have, certain <coughs> needs that need to be fulfilled. Sure. They aren't affected by mm -hmm. the modes of material nature, whether I'm in 
you know, whether I took bath in Radhakund and I'm sitting underneath Govardhan or whether I'm here in Potomac or wherever I am, I'll have the similar mood or the similar concern. Uh, how, how can I make those desires then, or tell if those desires are real and make those desires spiritual? Yeah. Uh, this is why we have, we have spiritual authorities. We have a, you have a spiritual master. You, you can always you know, liaise with your spiritual master to get some specific ideas on what type of information you're receiving from your mind or what type of dictates you're getting. Or if you have someone, some senior person that you're lying with, like a Sikhsha guru, you can always consult with them. And these, these people, they help to guide us. And so the basic, basic thing is that as a human being, I met one, I met one, one, one kid in Vrindavan. He came to pay obeisances. Uh, and then a white boy, I said, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> that was the first question I asked him. I said, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I think he was 18 at that time. So he told me, I said, so what's your plan? Are you going to be a brahmachari and take singers, or you want to marry in the future? She said, he wants to marry. I said, what's your plan about that? I, I just the first day he, he came to meet me there. So sometimes it's just spontaneous. I mean, there are some people that come to meet me and then <laughs> you know, just, I will just give. <laughs> because some of our devotees don't have any strategic plans. And it's bad, it's sad. But this is how some of us operate. We may say, well, I depend on Krishna. Why did Krishna give you a big brain? And those who don't plan, they plan to fail. So, yeah, I mean that. You see, one of our problems is that we tend to shy away from integration because Upanishad says, we have, to, we have to work on two rails, one on nations and one on science. It means Krishna consciousness and professional development. I mean, the typical case is the case of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. But we tend, to, we tend to shy away from some of those basic fundamental principles that will channel our energies and our life in a proper direction to be able to help to recreate uh, a better future for the world. And therefore, if we run away from the bitter truth to be able to integrate our professional life and our spiritual life, we may as well not be aware or deny the fact that we will face some difficulties in the future. So yeah, needs are there. Everybody has needs. I was listening to Prabhupada on a tape two, two or three days ago, and he said, who says you're desireless? <laughs> He said, it's only a dead body that has no desires. That's what Prabhupada said. But you have to figure out, will these desires, should I pursue all of these desires? Will they put me, will they catapult me to jail? Or will they catapult me to Krishna Loka? That's the point. Yeah. So it's so difficult when we are by ourselves and trying to, you know, do the things to put our lives together. Yeah, it could be very challenging. And that is why I went to one conference 
And this is a conference of all of these, you know, big, big time professors, uh, management science professors. And one of these older professors, during the closing remarks, he said, Hey, folks, I tell you one thing. Everybody here, you must have a mentor. These are old-time professors. He says, everybody here must have a mentor. So, and that's exactly what Krishna said in the Gita Tat Vidi Panipatena Paripasnena Sevaya Opagashantite Gyanam Gyanina Tatradasha. And people who work, work closely with mentors, there is a high acceleration in the achievement processes because they have a better sense of direction. All right, so we'll close here.